0: Welcome. Thank you for joining us here at AmazingLove.org. And, uh, you know, it's been a dream of mine to reach people all across the world with a message of Jesus and his love. And so whether you're joining us from near or far, so glad that you're here. And uh, we'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. So if he's blessed you by this ministry, please email us at at amazinglove at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week ongoing, please go to AmazingLove.org and go to our giving tab. But now may God bless you, may he guide you, may he speak into your life and direct you all through the power of his love. Thank you. Dear friends gather, I invite you to pray with me. Let's just ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Pray. Heavenly Father, about the false prophets who do not please you, it's said that they're like storm clouds that never rain, which means people are expecting something from them and it never comes. Lord, let that not be the experience of your people today. We've come exactly um, with expectant hearts for what you need. And let our souls be fed. Guide us by this word. Speak to our hearts and comfort us all through the power of your word. You are the, the power of this place. Let us recognize that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome once again to our series called Fresh Start. Um, It's really an awesome opportunity to talk to you about how to enter the new year with some hope and some peace. And if you weren't here last week, I need to catch you up just a little bit. You can go online and catch up. But we talked about the fact that God gives us second chances. That there are new mercies every morning. And that means the mistakes of the past don't have to be the mistakes of our future. And we talked about the things we'd gain at the end of this series. We talked about the fact that at the end of this series, if you let it, we could gain humility, enduring humility, and also a divine sense of purpose or destiny. But as we talk about what we have to gain, now we have to get into the process of working through this and getting into it. So uh, we're going to talk about owning it today. And you know, it's kind of funny about church. I I don't know if you have church experience or not. Churches sometimes feel like a spa. Uh, Go with me here. It can kind of feel like, oh wow, I went and I was refreshed today, I was recouped today, I was reinvigorated today, and now I go out into the world ready to handle the rigors of the world. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been there? Other times, God and his word in church, it's kind of like doing squats at the gym. I hate squats. Uh, whenever I do squats, it's like all I get is like, you know, wiggly legs afterward. I can't walk upstairs. No one can really see the progress, but someone told me it was good, right? You know, and, and, and that's sometimes what, like, church can do. Like, um, okay, pastor said it was necessary. Do you want to guess what today is? Spa day or squat day? It's squat day. <laughs> Welcome. Lock the doors. I'm just kidding. <laughs> And to set us up, um, I had a volunteer who's going to help me um, out today. I'm going to call up uh, Jeff Rui. Can we give him a round of applause? Um, Welcome, Jeff. And uh, what we need to do is figure out what's inside Mr. Piggy. Um, And and what you get is whatever is inside of here. So if it's like one big diamond, (laughs) if it's gold, (laughs) probably not. Um, If it's pennies, you know, um, but you can't go through the bottom and as you brought your safety glasses, which is great, you have to use the hammer. Now, I don't even know how tough this is. I'm not even sure it's possible. We might be here for a half an hour. I don't know. I haven't tested it, but, um, but, but that's the goal, okay? Are, are you willing? What a great spirit. That's awesome. Um, what, what, what this means if you're sitting in the front row, you got to do what's called the dab. I don't know if you know the dab. You're gonna learn, you know, dance moves at church today. Um, so, are you ready? Alright, let's see what's inside. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, okay, all right, that was really good, <laughs> that was really good, okay, you can return, And all right, well, well, look at all that you've won, isn't it great, you came up here today, I mean, goodness gracious, look what you can do, this is uh, seed soil, um, do, do you want any of it? You don't have to, that's okay. Um, let's just give Jeff a round of applause. That's really, we found out what's in the piggy. You can return, you can return. If you really want the dirt, you can, you can have whatever you want at the end. Um, now, I really just set Jeff up, and he didn't even know why, but I have a point. I have a point. And, and because we have a mess and someone has to clean it up, uh, now my point is this. Whose fault really is it? <coughs> no, come on, let's figure this out. Whose fault? Who's going to get the vacuum? Who's going to deal with the dirt? Who's going to deal with the shards? Whose fault is it? Well, let's, let's think logically, folks. C- come on, come on. I probably had most of the fault to deal with, right? It was my idea. I told him to bring safety glasses. I told him to do it. But at the end of the day, did I have the hammer? Come on. Could this really have happened without Jeff? <laughs> the bottom line is, he has some part of it, even if it's 2%, at the end of the day, he still took the hammer, and he made a mess. All right. <laughs> I'm not sure you get agree with me. Well, well let's, let's carry on. Let's, our real goal today is fault finding, okay, and that's my point. We're trying to find who's to blame. And, and, and last week, we talked about the fact that Mariah Carey and Jay Cutler both had some pretty big faults. If you were watching their New Year's performance, um, Mariah Carey had the worst New Year's Eve performance I've ever seen. Um, and she would say, whose fault is it? It's Dick Clark, right? It's Dick Clark, it's the sound people, it's totally not me. But if you saw the performance, I mean, she was stumbling like, all oh, get out, she didn't even try. She told the crowd, don't I deserve a holiday? Now, it <laughs> Is that, is that all just Dick Clark? I don't think so. We, we talked about Jay Cutler. Yeah, the Bears need to uh, move on past him. Um, and, and yeah, he, he forced some throws, and he wasn't the leader maybe that they were looking for. But, but the reality, was it all of Jay Cutler's fault? Was it his fault he had five or four different offensive coordinators in the last few years? His fault that they traded away uh, Brandon Marshall, Martellus Bennett, uh, Matt Forte, you know, some of the best offensive players. And, and what, I'm, what I'm getting to is, it's not as clean as that, is it? Isn't that a situation with most of our messes? It's not as clean as, as really, it's all on someone else. But that's what we want to believe, isn't it? We want to come home from work and say, honey, you know, the real reason I don't have energy for the kids and, and to be a good father right now is because work is just, it's just brutal. It's brutal. It's all work's fault. And pastor, if you, had, if you would have heard what my spouse said to me, you would know why I acted that way. All their fault. And mom, if you knew the teacher that I have to deal with at, at, at school, You would know why I can't pass this grade. I mean, they're unreasonable. Now, what's with that? You know, Jesus actually spoke exactly to our problem today. Uh, In one of his biggest sermons, he said, this this is what we innately do. He he said, why why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? He was speaking to the natural state of things that we love to make the problem on someone else. We love to say it's, it's about what, what they did and not focus on what we did. And I think by using a speck and a plank, he was illustrating that sometimes we need to break it down and say, what, what was our part? All right, so as we get into things and we really want to process and have a fresh start The only way to have a successful future, I believe, uh, comes from owning your past. From owning whatever part is it. And and again, I know you're probably like 100% Jeff's fault, or my fault, and not Jeff, but but Jeff, I still have, you have 2%, man. Um, Something, you're you're still in there somewhere. And even if it's the iota of your fault, you still have to identify what your part was, and that's my point. Andy Stanley, he put it this way. He said, your best bet for a successful future is to own your share of the past. You've got to own it before you move forward. Because sometimes the only same in the equation of what happened and a problem that you're in, the only same in that equation is you. So why do you think it's working out the same way regardless of changed other stuff? Is it possible you haven't owned it? So we're going to get in God's Word. And at this point, um, I just want to welcome all of our um, guests and visitors. Uh, Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're just new to Amazing Love. And I just wanted to say you're welcome here. And I wanted to say you're welcome to have questions, and you're welcome not to have it all together. Because you're in a group of people who firmly admit we don't have it all together. But we do know the one who does. And God is so good that he can actually give you what you need to help bind out up broken pieces. That's how good he is. So again, welcome to amazing love. And as we get into God's word, what you need to know about this story is many people today, it's under intense scrutiny. Many people today call this a fictional story. It's just a fable. It has no bearings in reality. Many people are trying to dismiss this story because today we're talking about Adam and Eve anyone hear of people talking about, well, don't you know of, of the other Eve, or, or don't you know this is just a fictional story? I, I get this all the time. Well, I want to tell you one of the reasons why I believe in an Adam and Eve. Are you ready? Because Jesus did. Because Jesus did. In the New Testament, he refers to him. And, and I love how Andy Stanley puts it this way. Jesus, he's the one who is able to predict his death and resurrection, and then he pulled it off. And Christians are pretty simple. If you can predict your death and resurrection and pull it off, we just go with whatever you say. (laughs) And Jesus, he referred to Adam and Eve when he was talking about the beginning. Look at what he said. He said, at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female, talking about Adam and Eve. So we believe they were true. And what just happened, what we're going to talk about is what Eve and Adam broke. Adam and Eve broke. I don't want to place the blame too much on on one or the other. Um, But what they did was they ate from a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the only one tree that they said they shouldn't eat from. And, and, And here's a passage from Genesis. It said, she, Eve, took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her the whole time, and he ate it. So they both... Shattered, not a piggy, but the world. And if you don't understand what that picture meant, we're still dealing with the ramifications of that mess. It's why we suffer. It's why things are chaotic. It's why things go wrong. It's why perfect is not possible. But today we're going to talk about how God shows up and he basically asks who did it. (laughs) And we'll see their response. So let's get into it. Our lesson today is from Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to encourage you to watch on the screen or online. Unfortunately, there was a typo, my fault. Um, but, so it's going to be on the screen or, or um, TV here. So Genesis 3, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord who was walking in the, in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. This is the first time he was really afraid of God. Before they had a perfect relationship. It reminds me of a New Testament passage where it says, there's no fear in perfect love. That's what Adam lived in before until this point. Now he's hiding. Goes on to say, and and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Here it is. The man said, the woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent, he deceived me, and I ate. Did they own it? (laughs) Not even in the slightest. (laughs) We got to learn from that today. And um, because today is squat squat day, uh, could you just turn to the person next to you and say, no pain, no gain? No pain, no gain. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I remember the drama of being in grade school and having things go badly. I was a, I was a pastor's kid, and most of the time that worked out for me. Um, we were in Beaverdam, Wisconsin. My, my dad was a pastor of over 2,000 people, and, and it was a small town of like 15, 20,000. What this meant is that you know sometimes you got benefits. I remember like free movie tickets. That was really cool. Um, but it also meant that you were in a spotlight like no one else. And I remember this one time we were driving in a car. My brother was driving, and my sisters in the car, and it was just us kids, and we were fighting like nobody's business. <laughs> we were hitting each other. We were yelling at each other. I mean, we we're just being kids. And I'm not excusing it, but that's what was happening. And what I didn't know was who was behind us. <laughs> Sure enough, there happened to be a member driving right behind us, seeing all that was going down. Well, this member actually approaches my mom and dad and tells them about this sordid situation, oh, your kids were fighting, and then we get confronted about what we did, you know, so sometimes it wasn't so good to be a pastor's kid. As I'm confronted by my parents in grade school, whose fault do I tell them it is? Brother and sister, right? Dad, if you'd have known what Ben said to me, he is just so mean, and it is not my fault. And, and Noelle, she had me first, and Dad, I did. I was just—I'm the youngest, and they're always beating up on me, and it's not my fault, Dad, right? And if I had a pie of explaining who is at fault, it'd go like this: Ben and Noelle. And if I didn't—if you didn't have those kids in front of you, I would be like the perfect child right now. And—and and it's really their fault. You—you you put this situation together. But was that, the real story? <laughs> Do you know when I was a young kid, I was as annoying as all get out? Like, I could annoy you like nobody's business, because that was just my M.O., and so there was a reason my sister probably hit me, and a reason that my older brother was just, like, so done with it, right? And, um, and yet I, I love to pass the buck. And, um, can you relate to this on any level? <clears throat> okay, all right. Well, I believe there's a spiritual reason this happens. Uh, one of the other passages in the Bible, tell us about going, what's going on in here. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah, look what he says. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Which is to say, do you know you lie to yourself? A very interesting phenomenon can happen in any wrong. You can do something so wrong, and you can lie to yourself so much that you don't even remember that you did it. Has anyone ever been there? You lied to yourself so much that you don't even remember what happened because you removed yourself from it. And why? We're lying to ourselves. Isn't that what Adam was doing? In verse twelve, um, verse twelve, um, he's he's basically saying it's it's the woman, and um, he's not giving the full story. Rather, he's speaking a half story. And not only is our hearts lying to ourselves, but but the other reason we tell half stories is is because of pride. It's because of pride. See, if we tell the full truth, it means we can't have clenched angry hands against that person if we're a part of it. If we tell the full truth, it means we, we, we can't be angry and have our rant of the whole world is against me and you don't even know. If it's about them, it means that they have to change. And unless they change, it's not going to get any better. But if we're real that we had any part to play, we can't clench our fists. We can't just say the world is against me. If we're real with what's really going on, it means that part of the problem is us. And we, we have to change. Adam couldn't deal with this. So Adam again said... The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate. And Adam's blame pie looked like this. Eve. But if you understand what he said, you know he's actually bringing God into it again, too. That you put here with me, so I'm going to edit it a little bit. I'm not sure what place he's he's putting on God, but part of it is, God, this wasn't my, (laughs) you gave me it. Now, I want to teach on a tangent. This is my tangent thought. Are you ready? Have you ever complained to God about a blessing you previously asked for? (laughs) Isn't that ridiculous? God, please give me a car. All I want is a car. A car would be so awesome. God, why do I have to pay for gas? Why do I have to repair my tires? Why do I have to get new brakes? God, what are you doing giving me a car? God, please give me a job. I I don't have a job. If If I only had a job, I'd have a purpose in life, and that'd be great. God, why'd you give me this job? It's horrible. Take it away, God! God, I just want someone to love. Make my heart right. God, I think I picked the wrong one. (laughs) Help me out. Take it away. Isn't that what's happening? Adam's joy when Eve came. Oh, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This is so amazing, God! Moments later, she... Oh my goodness, I don't even know if you know what you made. Right, God? What were you thinking? God's okay, but what we understand is that now every blessing he gives comes with some of this attached to it. Right? I'm not sure if your beef was with God ever. But we need to see things for what they are. And the brother of Jesus, James, tells us God is actually not part of the mess. Let me me share with you a passage. He said, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. There's something inside of you, inside of me, that plays out into this world. And unless you're willing to be real with that, I'm not sure if a fresh start is possible. But there's more we have to deal with. Why do we tell half stories? I think the other reason we tell half stories is because we're afraid of losing something. We're afraid of losing something. You know, maybe it was when we got pulled over and we told a police officer, I'm not sure anyone does this, but yeah, I was speeding. And maybe that time when you were honest, you you, you learned that you did get a ticket and you did have to pay, and so maybe you learned, uh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Or maybe you went to a teacher one time and you said, you know what, I did start the fight, and instead of just forgiving it, they they gave you a detention, and so you did lose something. Maybe it was a job and you're like, you know, there is something bad going on, I'm going to own my part, and you got fired. I'm not not sure what it is. But human nature teaches us that sometimes the the reason you don't want to own it is because you might lose something. But not with God. See, God is so amazing. He is so good. That it is actually only when you own it that you gain everything. When you break down and you say, God, I don't have it all together. God, I am sinful. It is then that you see the need for a savior and he answers that need so beautifully. He says, okay, trade. Let's trade today. You have sin. I got peace. Let's make that trade. He says, you thought you were going to get demoted? No, you're going to be promoted as a son and daughter. You you thought I was going to take something away? No, here's some more joy. Here's a right status. You thought you were going down? No, I lift you high. God is so good. So that's what we need to know. We need to know that when we own it, we actually gain something. When we own it, we actually gain something. You know, David had this experience. Let me tell you a little of David's story. David had a huge mess, to say the least. He committed adultery. He got the girl pregnant. And then to cover it up, long story short, he kills the the, the wife's husband named Uriah. And, And it's funny what he could have told people. Like, the story he could have said as king of Israel, I was imagining if he, he had a Facebook page. So, so I created a, a David Facebook page. There it is. Um, David, he's Jesse's son. There he is against Goliath. It's not a statue. But anyway, um, here's what his feed says. Let me read it to you. So, so when, when this all goes down, he says, you know, Facebook status decided to take in Uriah's widow Bathsheba today. You know me, just trying to help the family of such a brave soldier, right? You know? And that's maybe what the news headline said. And in the comments underneath were, David, you're such a great king. A heart after God's own heart. Oh, great, David. Way to have family. You're so great. great. But there was someone who knew the whole truth. It was God. And God actually worked through Nathan, the prophet, to say, no, 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 you thought you got away. You, you, you thought it was hidden. You thought it was secret. I saw everything. He did it. And David, in that moment, had to own it. There was no way out. And what he gained was phenomenal. When he owned it, he wrote from his experience the psalm that we already read, psalm number 32. That psalm was written after he just confessed his sin. And the first line says, Blessed. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Man, am I blessed and blessed like never before. I have a right standing with God once again. How good this is. It was so awful before, but now I can call myself blessed. Do you know, though, David had earthly consequences? And this is, a, this is a sad story. This is a sidelight, but he did have earthly consequences. You need to know this nuance about sin and owning it. Sometimes it has earthly consequences. For, for David, he did lose that child. And sometimes if you confess something and you own it, there will be consequences. Sometimes you could confess that you cheated on your spouse, but there's still a divorce. It doesn't mean that you're not forgiven, but it does mean something has changed. And it could mean that. It could mean at a job where you confess maybe you did steal something. It doesn't mean you might have your job anymore, even though you're forgiven. um, That might still happen. There are earthly consequences, but what you gain with God is way worth it. What you gain in a clear conscience is worth the price of owning it. And that's what David found. A clear conscience is worth the price of owning it. He could again know that he is right with the only relationship that matters with God. He is right with the Savior overall, the one he will speak to someday. And this is true for us. You know, the agony of not owning it was played out during the recession guy named Bernie Madoff. Remember hearing that name? Bernie Madoff is now in prison. I don't want to tell you what happened to his sons, but Bernie Madoff was the author of that $65 million Ponzi scheme. And it's interesting, an an interview is coming out where he's talking about how the government kind of, you know, their regulations and lack thereof let him get away with it. That's kind of his half story. Um, But it was interesting because one of the reporters said that he's probably actually more comfortable in jail than he was out of it. I was reading this on Market Street, and this was the report. It said, Despite that, Madoff fits in prison. Oddly, I think he's pretty comfortable where he is. And this is partly due to the relief of no longer having to hide the fraud. The Ponzi supernova, quotes Madoff, saying he wishes he had been caught earlier. I can't imagine the weight of knowing of the Day of Reckoning in Bernie Madoff. And David, he knew this. He felt this. He knew a little bit of that weight. And David again said, this is what it felt like. He said, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Because this is such an insightful psalm and insightful feelings, St. Augustine, a church father, said, actually, Psalm 32 is my favorite psalm. St. Augustine, he said, Our hearts are restless, Lord, until they find their rest in you. That, That has something to do with what we say today. But about Psalm 32, he said, The beginning of knowledge is to know yourself as a sinner. If you want to get it right, it's first to acknowledge there's something wrong. So now the gut check, and I don't know what the Spirit's doing in your heart and what he's putting in your mind. But what is your part? Might be 2%, 5%. I don't know. What's your part? Maybe your spouse is mean. Okay. What's your part, though? Maybe work is a mess. Okay. Do you have a part? Maybe the kids are in a hard season, but what's your part? If God is working on you at all, I get to tell you, as Nathan did, you're forgiven. God's washed it all away. He's nailed it to the cross and hurled it into the depths of the sea. How awesome. See, we think we're going to lose something, but we have everything to gain. But now, as we go forward, would you join me in hating something? And you might say, Pastor, I, I was taught not to hate, and especially at church we shouldn't hate. And that's people. You can't hate people, don't hate people. Uh, but you can hate certain things. Um, I hate it when my toes are cold in winter. I hate vegetables. Um, I, I hate a lot of different stuff. But you know what I want to hate today? I want to hate whatever part of the mistake I was, that, that was mine. I want to hate that sinful activity. I don't want to give that over to God. And because we got through squats, come back for the next weeks, okay? They'll be uplifting. We'll get through this together. We're going to talk about rethinking it, releasing it. It's going to be good. But now let me pray for you as we close today. Pray. Lord, today I see an opportunity to gain the true peace of forgiveness like never before. Help me to stop blaming others and start seeing my part in the mess. Give me the humility to own it. Let that humility endure that I might give grace and compassion to others who need it. Lift me up again to know that as I'm real with my sin, I can be real with you, my Savior, who took it away, nailing it to the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.